Barbeat presents what's happening. Break into the new year with a loud thud this Thursday night at Crash and Burn, the nightclub with nothing to lose. Crash and Burn is open only once a year, and that's New Year's Eve night, so you know the place will be packed with a discriminating clientele that one usually associates with police lineups and bus station washrooms. The doors stay open until 10.30, and then they're welded shut by union workmen who have never learned the English language. Drinks are 50 cents a dozen until midnight when the prices change dramatically to $150 per cocktail. Women get to drink as long as they pay for it all night long. By 3.30 in the morning, the bathrooms are filled with the familiar sounds of loud retching of a bulimic convention. By 4 in the morning, the doors are cut open and everyone is pushed bodily out into the waiting arms of appreciative street games. And the new year degenerates into a gut-wrenching nightmare for the unlucky customers of Crash and Burn. For a different kind of New Year's celebration, join the intellectual elite at God is Dead Cafe, where the hours drip by with the mesmerizing sameness of a weekend with your least favorite aunt. At 11 o'clock, the stage is taken by Rancid Undertow, who will escort you into the New Year by reading passages from the Wall Street Journal and Marcel Proust in fake English accents while playing at their guitars in a manner that can only be described as sporadic. At midnight, a special prize will be given to the person with the blackest beret, and then the evening meanders down to the kind of existential void that permeates the action at God is Dead Cafe. At the Holiday Inn in Roseville, the Wedding Rings Off Lounge celebrates the coming of the New Year the old-fashioned way, with plenty of drunken wife swapping and angry finger-pointing that highlights any get-together between family and friends. At 10 o'clock, the multifaceted Iron Silva takes the stage and tinkles the ivories with digits that most closely resemble blunt instruments, playing a wide selection of old favorites sprinkled with off-color comments that have emptied out better rooms in the Wedding Rings Off Lounge. At midnight, Iris Wilbon is driven off the stage with torches and vicious dogs because the incomparable Anthony LeClaire invades the stage and does his incredible tribute to Elvis. If the king of rock and roll was a short, balding black man who spoke with a lisp and played Funky Town over and over on his harmonica while stopping to tell people in the front that he is an illegitimate son of John F. Kennedy. This is Steve Cronin. Call the Starby Dictaphone and have a happy new year. It's the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. 30 ish minutes of sketch comedy, improv, songs, and whatnot pulled from the audio archives of Duck Logic, a Chicago improv group that produced their own two hour comedy show called The Cavalcade that played on WLUP AM 1000 radio in Chicago back in the day. Plus, there's some new stuff thrown in for good measure. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a kooky stroll down memory lane with Duck Logic because they're wacky comedy guys. Just a bunch of comedy guys Funnier than they realize Those wacky, kooky, cut-up comedy guys Think back. What did you have for breakfast this morning? If you're like most Americans, you probably had some type of food. Now more than ever, America's nourishment choice is food, and why not? Four out of five doctors recommend food to their patients who eat. And in fact, food eating is known to have occurred as far back as our recorded history goes. Food is a favorite at casual parties and more formal affairs because it tastes so good and is easy to digest. Food is the universal common denominator because its enjoyment spans all races and all creeds. Maybe this is because food is always in season and is so versatile. Yes, liquid or solid, hot or cold, food contains 100% of the daily adult nutritional requirements as set by the US FDA. So the next time you're out at a restaurant, make it a point to ask for food, or better yet, 
Bring some home from your local grocery store. It's so easy to make. And remember, the next time you're hungry, think food. Gee, I'm really beginning to feel guilty about stealing that boombox from work. Hmm, maybe I should call the SINS line. I just dial 1-900-999-SINS and hello? Hello, I'm Nanette and I took the Lord's name in vain three separate times today. Hi, I'm Frank and I've never been able to keep holy the Sabbath day. Hi, I'm Paul, and I have this habit of playing with myself whenever my wife leaves the house, even if it's only for a few minutes. Wow, it's so easy to confess the truth when your identity is completely unknown. Call 1-900-999-SINS and let it all out. An ordained priest gives penance and absolution to all parties on the line every five minutes, 24 hours a day. That's 1-900-999-SINS. Gosh, I feel better already. There's no time like the present, because time waits for no one, and it won't wait for you unless you've got time to waste. Time on your hands like the hands on a time clock. Time to idle away the hours on Killing Time. So what do you guys want to do? I, I, I don't know. Go, go to a movie? No, I went to a movie before. Uh, how about getting a shake? Oh, we got a shake yesterday. Well, what time's your dad supposed to get home anyway? Not for another three minutes. Great, three minutes. So, what are we going to do till then? Um, we could pitch pennies. Great idea! Gee, that didn't help. Now we have four minutes and thirty seconds to go. I thought you said your dad was going to be home in three minutes. I forgot that my watch was one minute and thirty seconds fast. This stinks. Nothing to do. Let's kick this can for a while. Great idea! How much time we got, Joey, huh? Three minutes. Oh, great. It already feels like it's been a week. We could walk around the school. We did that a couple of days ago. Well, we could do it again. It's not like it's going to kill us or anything. Great idea! Suit yourselves. I'm going to look at my watch every few seconds. How much time now? Yeah, how much time now? Two minutes. Darned. I'll give my dad a call and see if he got home early. Be right back. Boy, I hope his dad's home. I want to go home. I can't think of anything else to talk about, and am I out of things to do? Gosh, you'd think there'd be something we could do. Mm, nope, not uh, a thing. Uh, you're right, not a thing. Oh, well, let's whistle the Andy Griffith theme song, huh? Okay. Okay. I'm back. Is your, is your dad home? I couldn't get an answer. Well, how much time you got left now? I don't know. My watch broke. Oh, great. Now how are we going to know when your dad's going to be home? Gee, I never thought about that. Mm, we could get it fixed. No, I did that a few years ago. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We could count up to a hundred in Pig Latin. Good idea! Yeah. Ixtisay, Ixtisay, Unway, Ixtisay, Ute, Ixtisay, Ithray, 
So time moves on and another pivotal moment goes by successfully wasted away by the boys. Stay tuned each and every week for Killing Time, which we managed to do quite nicely there. This computer's broken down. How will I carry on? My life is over and I'll never uh, ever... What's the matter, Mr. Williams? This confounded computer is on the fritz. All my data for Mr. Bigo Bing's project are in this dreaded machine. No big deal. Easy for you to say. You don't have a deadline that has to be met in half an hour. Oh, my world is finished. Why not try using these instead? What on earth are those? Writing utensils and pads of paper. They never break down and they're available at any supply store. But how do they work? You take a piece of paper from the pad. Lay it down on a surface that will provide a hard support system, and then take one of the writing utensils and form letters that eventually form words that ultimately form sentences, paragraphs, and thoughts. Writing utensils and pads of paper have been around since 1543. Oh, what can I lose? Here goes nothing. Thirty minutes later... Williams, this is the finest project I've ever seen, and I can retire happily knowing you'll be president of the big, big, big company. Thank you, Williams. Don't thank me. Thank writing utensils and pads of paper. A part of life since 1543. Gee, I've really got a nagging headache. Hmm, maybe I should call the 6500 line. I just dial, let me see, 1-900-999-999. Six five oh oh and hello? Hello, I'm Griselda and I'm sixty-nine years old. I'm doing pretty good today except for a sharp pain in my back. My doctor says there's nothing wrong. But I'm not sure. Hello, I'm Arthur and I just turned seventy-four. Everything's alright with me now, except for this constant ringing in my ears. Hello, my name is Larry. I'm 71 and things haven't been too bad for me today. Unless you count the kidney stones, I can't seem to pass. <laughs> wow, there's always someone who understands me on the 6500 line. The 6500 line for retirees or anyone over 65. Trade hospital stories and illness anecdotes 24 hours a day. Just call 1-900-999-6500. Gosh, I feel better already. Except for my back. Every time I bend down and exit, I reach for my liver pills or maybe the remote control. Oh, there it goes again. Oh, my God. And now, Duck Logic takes a long, lingering stroll down memory lane, wandering into an array of memory detours and a bevy of memory cul-de-sacs. They'll waddle through their long careers, enlivening us with the rich details of their comedic exploits, occasionally even remembering something that actually happened. So take it all with a grain of salt, a shot of tequila, and a slice of lime, or lemon if you must, as Duck Logic presents Foul Memories. 
well, we're always talking about the great times we had, and we had a lot of great times. And, and there was a lot of really, really impressive shows. We made a lot of people happy. But I can remember a couple things we did that, well, they were a little bit less than spectacular. I mean, they just, they were a good idea, but somehow it just didn't quite work out. There was this, remember back that I had that extra money I spent on, it was a used ice cream truck, a wagon kind of thing. And we were going to do improv on wheels all around the city. Uh, this is great because I got those giant like megaphone things on top and we can just. Like a Merry Pranksters kind of. Yeah, like a Merry Pranksters kind of van. Thing. I do remember because we did a theater. We tried theater because a couple other groups were doing theater and they did pretty well. And so, like, hey, we should do theater. And that was just like a big money pit that it didn't do well because we were trying to get people to come to us in a theater. And you thought, you know, guys, exactly. I've got this truck. Linda and I are living out of it right now. But, yeah, but we'll we'll put our stuff away and we'll go to the audience. We'll find the audience and go to them. That makes sense. It's totally, I think it's the concept behind the nice truck, ice cream truck. The rent, the rental was the big expense at those at the theater anyway. Now you got no rent at all. And it was cool because we kept the words good humor on the outside, right? Good, good. Like I thought people would get the joke. Good it, humor. It's a get twist. It on the, yeah. On the improv truck, but no, no, wow. didn't, nothing. Because the heck, the heckler's like, you call that good humor? It sucks. It sucks. Exactly. You so. never want to feed the hecklers anything. I don't yeah. know why we never remember that. And of course, the only weird thing was we you couldn't get rid of the coolers because they were kind of built in. So we kept the ice cream, which was smart. As it turned out, that's the only thing we ever made money off of was selling to the kids that would come up because you don't really gra- draw a big crowd improving from an ice cream truck. Well, we had that thing where you if you buy two ice creams, popsicle, and an ice cream sandwich, we'd do a skit for you or something. Nutty Buddy and an improv. We had prices listed. I think most most of the kids that came up to the truck were just too young to get the references. I mean, there was some pretty funny little scenes we did, but it just wasn't going over very well. They really, all the dick jokes went right over their head, first of all. Boom. Uh, they didn't get that. I hope. A lot of our skits were ice cream focused, and I, that might have been a little bit too much. It was hard not to do that. You were surrounded by it. You know, it's kind of, it's what comes to mind. Tim was eating a lot of the profits too. He's not here to defend himself. So I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Oh man, Tim, for a while he had like a permanent ice cream headache too. I remember Uh, had some brain scans and things because he thought it was cancer. At one point we're playing the music that came with the truck and it gets stuck. It's like turkey in the straw, right? Oh, it just keeps going. And then it would start over, never end. And you'd never finish the thing. It would never resolve. And it would just go over and over and over and over. I remember such a headache that day. You had an existential crisis from that, I remember. It was very hard to make it funny after a while. We got a lot of good turkey jokes out for a few minutes. And then it's like, well, the audience kind of like, <laughs> they're moving away slowly and then a little faster. And yes. they're running. I don't remember a lot of kids running after us when the music was playing. But I figured we'd get all over the city. We'd expand our, our fan base. It just it, it made sense in every other way, except for it actually working. Rangers rolling up, get a couple of names. Give me a give me a suggestion. Give me give me a first line of dialogue. And it was usually stuff like go away, go away. <laughs> we got a lot of funny scenes out of the go away suggestions. That was our best. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd would form and then they would uh, like, turn into a mob. But when the, when the mob is picking your truck up. Oh, they're rocking it. That one time they're, they're just rocking us back and forth. Dave, all of a sudden, he was a pirate on a ship. And then he just sort of go with it. You know what I mean? Yes, and. I did my best Johnny Depp. There were sprinkles all over the inside of the truck. That's when I thought the crowd was with us. But I guess not. I don't know. I have a vague recollection of us 
we're in like a police chase with that truck. The cops were chasing a guy and he like jumped in the back of the truck. Oh, I forgot and, about that. And then we were yeah, just yeah, on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the expressway. We're, we're trying to, I'm flashing my lights. The, the turkey in the straw is playing incessantly outside the gigantic speakers on top. It was a lot like the first Deadpool. Or is that the second Deadpool? I forget. It was like that chase. And I never saw a gun. You guys said he had one. I never saw. Did you see the gun or was that just like to scare me into going faster? The guy was really good with his object work. So I think I believe that there was a gun. I don't know if there was a gun. I, I believed him. And then you were trying to find a spot to, to pull the truck over and use the, you know, yes and use the bank robber scenario. He pulled over and then he was arrested. And see, boom, that was it lights out the end <laughs> seemed kind of lo logical, I guess. Maybe too logical. It wasn't really a twist. There was no real funny twist. I was looking for a punchline. Yeah. There was no punchline there. Somebody we should have kicked him or punched him. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that'd be a punchline. Hey, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> well, if all of us do it in a row, then it's a punchline. That's how we used to end our shows. <laughs> we go out and punch somebody in the audience because they deserved it. We've been watching you all night. There was always someone in the audience who needed to be punched. All the comics backstage got together and we voted and <laughs> we're it's going to get punched. It's the punchline of tonight's show. You're not paying attention. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for them. Tip your waitresses. Ow. The improv truck, I don't think it got up to 110. You know? I want to say it topped out around 57, something like that. And there's like clouds of smoke coming out the back. Yeah, it was not really a fast. It's not for fat. It's it's for going two miles an hour through a neighborhood. Burned a lot of oil, but, you know, with turkey in the straw playing over and over again. And it probably wasn't a bad place to live. I would say that you're a um, trailblazer, really, because that's a thing now, living out of vans and living out of trucks. It's the RV crowd. Yeah, you're uh, it's the thing. It's a, why lock yourself down. You don't owe any real estate tax if you keep moving. And not one of them are doing improv. I think we got to resurrect this, Dave. I think we really do. I think we got to take this. The, could be the time. Find a this truck. Could be the time for it. And just, I mean, if we have to just perform to the nomads out in the desert, why not? I mean, there you go. The, I, like, RV, RV crowd we can perform for. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be looking for something to do. Oh, yeah. And we'll know all about the RVs. I well, think we're on to something here, guys. I was going to say the that. Improv on Wheels is back. All right. Okay, everybody, watch this space. I think it's an incredible idea, and I'm going to I'm gonna work on it. So uh, keep, keep looking. Yeah, no, keep looking down, uh, down your city streets for the improv bus or improv on we'll wheels. We'll be rolling down your street soon. If you hear Turkey in the Straw, you know it's probably us. Yeah. I just can't. I'm surprised we never took a picture of that damn thing. Hmm. I just, I, I would, I, I would, uh, every guy takes a picture of every vehicle he ever owns. So I don't have a picture of that silly ice cream truck. Yeah. That's a shame. I don't know. Yeah. It's great reminiscing with you and it's feel really good. I feel I was going to say warm inside, but yeah, I guess kind of emotional about some of our old stories and maybe we don't get all the facts exactly the way they were, but that's how memories work. Yeah. I, it's how I remember it anyway. Well, that's good enough for me. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of the show. We got to go Thanks now. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye. Ciao, babies. Hello, and welcome to The Mighty Pen, the show that explores new directions in literature from the past and present. I'm your host, Garnett Stevenson, and tonight we'll take a look at a perennial Yuletide favorite, A Christmas Carol with Elvis by Rockin' Charlie Dickens. Written in 1958, during the height of Elvis's movie career, it reflected the holiday spirit of giving until you don't have anything left to give and then going to Las Vegas. Tonight, our own James Clay plays the king himself, while Elvis impersonators Rick Elvis Saucito, L. Jim, and Elvis Jr. play the ghost of Elvis' past, present, and future. 
I personally will be playing the non-Elvis role of the narrator. So, without further ado, we'd like to present the Mighty Pen Art Players and their rendition of A Christmas Carol with Elvis. Well, well, tomorrow's Christmas Day, and I, I would like to know if I can have the day off. My son Tiny is, is crippled. Yeah, well, so is this song. Colonel Parker said we need a top ten Christmas tune. Now, let's try again. Remember, you do the I woo a woos and I sing a chorus. Yes, Mr. Elvis. Is this one in G? How should I know? I can't read music. I'm tone deaf. While all the other musicians were out getting blasted on Christmas Eve, Elvis and Bob spent the whole evening correcting the song. Bob couldn't keep his mind off his son and Christmas Day. A uh, woo, a uh, woo. Put some life into it, boy. A uh, woo, a uh, woo. Come on, forget this Christmas stuff. You don't see me crying about working on holidays. You don't have a crippled son. Plus, you have a false idea of your importance to other people. Well, good point, Bob. Say, I gotta go to a party with the boys. Think you could dub my vocals? Uh, we're gonna do a gig for Taurus for Tyson. Then we're gonna chase girls around in white panties. Well, not necessarily in that order, but something like that, you know. Yes, Mr. Ellis. I'll dub leads and backgrounds. That's a spirit. Rock and roll. Not Christmas. Christmas. Be by a humbug. I got panties to stare at. Later, alligator. Bob spent the entire evening dubbing the vocal parts, but he knew all his work would be scratched for the original track. So he picked his tired body up and exited the studio and headed home down the cold, frozen streets of Memphis, where he heard the sounds of Christmas along the way. Hey, how you doing? Gold chain? Buy gold chain? Shut up or I'll give you a swat! when he heard the sounds of Christmas along the way. Merry Christmas, sir. Thanks for the donation. Bob was tired and saddened over the terrible news he had to tell his son Tiny. He wouldn't be able to buy a wheelchair. No, he couldn't meet Mr. Presley. That was forbidden. On the other side of town, an inebriated Elvis stumbled home to his front gate where he was greeted by a scary, hiccupy voice. Well, tonight three ghosts will appear to you in your sleep. They'll all sound alike, but they'll be different. Yeah, 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 all right, well, uh, now get out of my face before I get my shotgun. Very well, tonight, when a clock strikes twelve. Right, clock strikes twelve, well, here's a twenty. Go rent a room downtown and get lucky, for God's sake. That evening, as the clock struck twelve, the first ghost appeared. Say, shortcakes, uh, what's jumping around here? Got a peanut butter and fried banana sandwich? I'm starving. You the ghost of my past? You got it, shriveled hips. Now, get yourself out of that bed. Let's get cutting. I'm supposed to show you some sad pictures of your past, and I don't feel like spending an entire evening with you. That me straight ahead looking up my mama skirt? Mm, sure is. Uh, that's where it all started. Elvis! You cut that out! I don't wear white panties. Now here's some fried bananas and peanut butter. Eat up! They got plenty of grease, and that's good for your body. Mama, I'm going to be a big star someday, someday soon, after you die. Oh, you're such an androgynous boy. Seen enough? What? That's it? That's a sad scene from my childhood? Sure, if that's it, we had better go home. I wouldn't want to lose my cool or anything. Oh, uh, one more thing. What's that? Your daddy wants to know what happened to that uh, Shelly Favorie you were digging. I ditched her for greener pastures. You know, Priscilla. Grrr, yo! Shortly after the first ghost appeared, the second one arrived. Hey, I'm the ghost of Elvis Presley. I don't have much to show you, so turn off the lights and be quiet. What you got, a movie projector with you for? What's that for? Come on. So it looks ghostly. Plus, I thought we'd whiz over some slides and get this story moving. That's me right there, yelling at Rockin' Bob Cratchit? Hey, it's you. 
Can't you take a moment out of your day to compliment Bob on the hoo-ah-hoos, which, by the way, make the song as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the song itself is pretty ordinary. Also, that reverb on the drum track is a nice touch. Ooh, kudos to Sam Phillips there. Best in the business. Now, what else do you got to show me? Nothing much. A bunch of slides of you at your summer home and a party where you, you guys shot out the TV screen. Nothing out of the ordinary for guys who found success at such a young age. <laughs> One more thing. What's that, doughface? That guy out in the hall waiting for me to finish up is your ghost of the future. And if he's any indication of what your life is going to be like, you're in for real trouble. Mm, uh, that guy's an enormous jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's a five. Go buy some burgers and get a new pair of shoes. As fast as the one ghost exited, the other entered. They were all in a hurry to get through the now familiar story. Oh, now what? Oh, I couldn't face Say, what are you doing in my bed, the skinny bones? You're obese, and you're ugly, too. I am, but how come they still throw the panties and bras towards me? I'm supposed to show you the future. Oh, gee, I lost my notes. I guess I'll have to wing it. Here you are, passed out the bathroom with a, a handful of pills. And here you are in the kitchen, passed out with a jar full of pills. And here y'all sweating like a pig and passing out from a box full of pills. Well, must get awful and sick. You get the chills real easy. Yeah, exactly, the chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pills for the chills. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, I sure do a lot of pills. My oh, pharmacist's pretty good. Then, then, your pharmacist goes to jail after you die for illegal prescriptions. Oh, you don't say. Well, so much for the flu and cold season. Guess we gotta get in shape. I'll hire a karate expert to work out with. Yeah, what else happens? Oh, people with beehive haircuts and large cyber style following you. Guys who look nothing and sound nothing like you at all. They have these conventions where some guys like Rick Elvis Alcido sings your songs and they sell trinkets and velvet paintings that don't flatter you at all. Disgusting. Is there anything I can do? To be honest with you, no. Because that's the way you die. I can't help it, this is a fact. But you can have a good Christmas and sell a million copies of Blue Christmas if you hightail over the rockin' bobs with some fried chicken in a wheelchair for little, little tiny Tim. Sounds fair, let me grab my guitar and uh, get pressed up to cook that chicken. Of course, they go over to Bob's house and it's a great Christmas dinner and Tiny Tim says, don't be cruel to a heart that's true, one and all. Elvis looks up Bob's wife's skirt, and yes, she's wearing white panties, and everyone's happy at the end. Well, almost. What do you mean, scratch my background? Sounded better with chicks going on woo-a-woo. Yeah, well, tough luck. I've got the master and Jerry Lee Lewis. Sure could use a Christmas hit. Okay, we dubbed your vocal higher, and it's all settled. Man, Crotchet, you're a hard bargain. Yeah, well, my son's crippled. Did I mention that to you? Well, it's kind of evident. I mean, he's got that big stump hopping around on that seas. There you have it. A Christmas Carol with Elvis. You're expecting Grand Radio Theater? Don't be absurd. With Elvis in it, get out of here. I'm Garnett Stevenson saying tune in again next time to The Mighty Pen when we'll be studying the poetry of Fred Bolitnikoff, the Oakland Raiders legend who recently married Margaret Alice Jennings. Good night. Gee, I've had an answering machine for over a month and still haven't gotten any calls.
Hmm, maybe I should call the message line. I just dial 1-900-M-E-S-S-A-G-E, and hello? Hi, uh, it's me, Jerry. That's a pretty nutty, outgoing message you got there. <laughs> hey, get in touch with me, will you, you kook? It's been a long time. Too long. Hello, this is Mr. Stedman from National Finance. You're two payments overdue on your bill. Get in touch with me as soon as possible. Uh, hello? Um, uh, th this, this is Byron, uh, gosh, I, uh, I wasn't prepared to talk to machine. Well, uh, uh, just call me, okay? Wow, there's always an important message for me on the message line. Tired of that disturbing feeling when you return home to an empty incoming message tape? Call 1-900-MESSAGE 24 hours a day and listen to communiques you can call your very own. That's 1-900-MESSAGE. Gosh, I feel better already. Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, show number 36, featuring in alphabetical order David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. Hope to see you soon. Subscribe to the Comedy Half Hour if the spirit moves you, and follow us on social media or our website is ducklogiccomedy.com. Portions of the show were previously broadcast back in the day over the radio airwaves under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. And we were pretty happy about it back then.